When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cricket Podcast, where we don't have to worry about the C word as South Africa squeak over the line to all but eliminate Pakistan and lock in our top four for the Cricket World Cup semi-finals unless we get a twist unless we get a twist i'm jack hope and i'm joined by max roe brown how are you doing max we finally had a good game we finally had a good game at the tournament yeah what a game it was so much tension as well at the end the that that drs review of that the harris ralph delivery the lbw on tabray shamsi that was that was peak cricket tension all that an entire day's cricket boiling down to some people pressing some buttons in a studio somewhere that was that was perfect. It would have been a, a nice way to end it, but it was, um, you know, all credit to Maharaj and Shamsi for seeing South Africa over the line. And um, and yeah, shame. RIP the World, World Cup until the knockouts. Well, it does look like that. It does look like that. I mean, like um, mixed emotions, I would say. I, I was really excited watching the game. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic cricket match. I thought Pakistan's comeback was inspirational in some ways it was it was pretty much peak pakistan when harris ralph took that mm. catch i thought they're going to do this they're actually going to pull this off somehow then you get the umpire's call that doesn't go their way and that felt to me like the sliding doors moment and south africa got over the line it was um it was it was you know an amazing finish but uh, we do have to acknowledge that it might have been better for the world cup if that hadn't happened max do you have a summary for me? Yeah, well, uh, it was it was Pakistan batting first uh, in in Chennai, and yeah, they didn't get off to a great start. A couple of couple of early wickets, but uh, Babarazm at the crease got himself to fifty. Finally, finally got some runs on the board after a, you know a fairly inauspicious World Cup so far for him. He's got got some. I suppose he's got a few, but not uh, not as many as he would have liked, and certainly as many people have predicted prior to the tournament. But it was a case of uh, everyone getting in and then getting out again for Pakistan. A 50, 31, 50 for Sorja Kiel, he batted nicely. But 
no one taking it on, no one getting further. And uh, from 225 for five, Pakistan subsided somewhat to 270 all out. And it was left to um, South Africa to see if they could chase it down. And they got off to a, a very quick start. De Kock smacked the ball all over the place uh, and then smacked one straight down the fielder's throat. And after Rassi van der Dusen was given out LBW in somewhat questionable circumstances. Also didn't mention Barbarism also being given out caught behind in somewhat questionable circumstances. One all on dodgy DRS uh, at that point. Uh, Ada Markram came to the crease and looked like he'd basically done the job, didn't he? Uh, a really impressive 91 for him. 235 for five. South Africa. It was game over, wasn't it? It was done uh, in the bag. Marco Janssen then came in and decided that, well, he, he batted like he had dinner reservations at the hottest ticket in town and was going <laughs> to lose his spot if he was more than five minutes late. A few lusty blows and then just randomly dob one up to uh, backward point. And then Aidan Markram played a horrendous shot off of Sam Amir and, and suddenly Pakistan were in the game. And fair play to Pakistan. Um, they dragged it back. They brought they brought Shaheen back in. He, uh, you know, took a couple of key wickets, and and then it was that tense finish that we saw, but just managing to to squeak over with uh, once Pakistan had basically run out of firepower, and it was left to some combination of Mohammed Nawaz and Asam Amir to to bowl the death overs. And it never it never looked like it was gonna gonna happen for them. But you know, fair play to Pakistan for the fight back, and and fair play to South Africa for. For some bottle, a lot of bottle in the end as well. I, I think um, from some guys who really can't bat. Uh, I would say if you're below Lungi and Gidi in a batting order, <laughs> <laughs> you need to have a long, hard look at yourself. But, uh, count on a hot tin roof was uh, was Lungi and Gidi. Yeah, um, Shamsi did hold his nerve. Won his man of the match award for the four wickets earlier in the game. Big wickets as well. Um, ripped out the heart of the Pakistan lineup and uh, managed to squeak away a two and then a couple of singles before Maharaj finished it off. Um, these sometimes are hard shows to do, aren't they, Max? Because when you're doing your notes or we're doing talking points for the match, you think you know what's happening in the yeah. game, and then you have to rip everything up with ten minutes. <laughs> well, <to go. laughs> exactly, and it's not. It's not even like uh, in this particular case, because we're recording so close to the end of the game that we've had particularly long time to to sort of reassess and say, where did the match turn and so on. But, you know, it, it, what is your, your your gut say about this? Like, was this, did Pakistan throw it away in any way or, or was it just a little bit too little too late? I think it was just a few key moments and, and things either not going their way or, or Pakistan just not, you know, taking control in those key moments. And the thing that I sort of marked out halfway through the day was Aidan Markram's 91 compared to the Pakistan middle order. And uh, again, we had a lot of credit to Shamsi. He bowled, he bowled really well. And, you know, that selection is kind of a really good example of how, why South Africa are, are looking so good and so, so strong in this tournament. They've got a really clear idea of what they want to do. Just brought in, you know, the one chain, Shamsi in, game at Chennai, get in the wrist spinner, get another spinner in. And it worked perfectly. It was, you know, they've got a clear idea of what they want to do and their selection makes makes sense. You know, Pakistan, on the other hand, randomly throwing in Osama Mir and Shadab Khan. And in the end, they managed to get both of them to play despite only um, picking Shadab after his concussion, um, which, you know, maybe that contributes as well. But I, I think it's just that, 
even though he did throw his wicket away a bit at the end and it ended up being very close, that that 91 from Aidan Markram was was massive in that middle order where Pakistan, you know, lost their wickets or rather Tabriz Shamsi took the wickets of those those batters when they were set and they had a chance to kick on. That probably robbed Pakistan of the extra 20 runs they needed to win the game. Um, and on the other hand, you know, Aidan Markram's 90 was key to them being able to chase it down. So I think it was just going... Getting making the most of the start they got. That's that's where I think it, it went wrong. You can you know you can point to a, a few things that maybe didn't go their way with the the technology or, or what have you, but I think they probably balanced out in the end, maybe. So that's 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 where I that's where I, I feel it it was. And um and, and you know it was just, just nice to have a good game of cricket as well. <laughs> it was. I mean like it was a, a really good game. And I th- I think I probably agree with that. Uh, I also thought the the way South Africa were able to get so far ahead of the game with yes. that meant yep. that even with the wobble, and I think the wobble was self-inflicted to some extent. Um, yeah. I think they thought they'd won it and then were like, ah, let's just smash it around and we'll we'll win this really easily. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, Shaheen Afridi bowls a spell and a half. I mean, that's going to be one of the yeah. spells of the tournament to, to drag Pakistan back into it. They lose a couple of wickets. But because the run rate is a complete non-issue, mm. it... It means that, yeah, exactly. And Giddy, he can last 14 balls and he's sort of done his job, even though they're probably the least convincing 14 balls that anyone <laughs> will play for this tournament. All he had to do was not be out for 10, 10 deliveries or 12 deliveries. And it would have, you know, the, the, the guy at the other end, Maharaj, would have squeaked a couple and then there'll be a couple of wides. And then you can pass the bat on onto the next man, which is basically how they go across the line, I thought. Um, Impressive by South Africa to, to to pull this off. I mean, obviously, with all the World Cup baggage that they carry, go dating mm. back. I mean, basically since their readmission into into international cricket, uh, this this was the kind of game when it started to slip away that you, you thought they would lose. And then there's like a recent history of them not being that good chasing. Uh, have they have they banished the hoodoo? Is the hex lifted? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> No, no way. That game was done and dusted after thirty overs. There was there was nothing in it for Pakistan. It was it was all over. And and then it wasn't because it's South Africa. And to a certain extent, because it's also Pakistan. And we know that you know they're they're a side that can just pull unbelievable performances out of seemingly nowhere. But I think anyone looking at South Africa in this lineup, despite you know the impressive start they got off to and the the impressive performance of Markram in that middle order, they're going to look at that and think, well, okay, the blueprint here against South Africa is can they chase it down? If Pakistan, like I said, have put on those extra 20 runs. South Africa maybe aren't getting there. Or maybe Markram doesn't think this is over and smack one in the air for no apparent reason. That's that's another, <laughs> you know, it's hypotheticals. But I, I'm, I'm looking at this as another team. I'm thinking if there's a weakness in South Africa, which there hasn't really been so far, it's them chasing. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I, 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 I would agree. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't massively convincing. I, I do think, no. I do think holding your nerve at the end is impressive from the tail. It is. It is. I also think that India would have won this five wickets down, um, or four wickets down, and I think so. I think New Zealand might have as well. Um, yeah, and so, not only that, whoever was batting number four would have made it to a, a century. You can, you can be damn sure of that. Yeah, yeah, but basically, and I, I think I think that 
but yeah, as you say, might be a weakness. And it's interesting as we go through the tournament, and, and we probably, you know, we'll have to focus in more on the top four now because really, I think they're going to be the only ones with relevant matches left. We are learning a little bit more. The narratives, the stories are developing around what these teams are capable of. I mean, India, seemingly anything. Mm. Um, South Africa, anything if they bat first. Yeah. Australia, it's, it's a kind of total lottery, but extremely talented. And, and New Zealand are sort of occupying the role of... Um, along. Yeah, professional diligence, aren't they? They're the, the kind of risk management group in the in, in the, <laughs> the risk management division of the Cricket World Cup. Um, so, yeah, here we are. Um, it is a shame, I, I, I think, though, for the tournament, and we should, probably, we should probably touch on this, that this means we probably have 19 matches with relatively little on the line now, doesn't it? And um, that, you know, it was always a possibility with this format. It's come to be realised. It has. And that is sad, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's a, it's a little bit of a, a shame. But there are a few things still, aren't there? There's the potential for Sri Lanka or Afghanistan to to sneak in. It's it's unlikely, obviously, but they're you know they'll be looking at all these people saying, "Oh, there's 19 games left and there's nothing to play for. What a waste of time!" Thinking, "Well, hang on a minute, we're only a couple of points out of the uh, you know away from Australia. We've we've got and you know they've they looked a bit ropey at the start of the tournament. We've got every chance of um, of sneaking in here. So there's there's a bit of intrigue from from that point of view and it's i mean you can obviously there's the the format is contributing to this the the 10 the 10 team group stage but you do sort of have to be like well look england and pakistan have been pretty poor and you can't legislate for the world champions and one of the you know top nations in in cricket being that consistently bad and, and turning it and turning it into the sort of you know dead dead rubber a thon that it's going to be in the next next two weeks um you can i mean you can, it's, a, it's a fair point you know what people have been saying saying um that really they they should be home by now that we shouldn't have to watch them again because they've been so bad at the start that that's sort of that's a fair that's a fair comment i think basically there's no yeah there's no um no threat, no punishment for being that bad at the start of the tournament, and the um, the result of that is that we have to watch these teams continue. But it's um, you know it's on it's on England and, and Pakistan for for not turning up, and that's that's how it's worked out. But you can't necessarily legislate for that; it's just part of part of sport. But it is a shame, and uh, just gives us a nice long build up to the semi finals, doesn't it? When the whistle. Yeah, it's just what we want. I think it's always <laughs> good when a, when a you know World Cup has a two week build up to the next yeah. important game. Um, that's just how how I would have designed it if I was. Yeah, it's like when the when the pre match show for the FA Cup starts at eight thirty in the morning. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna sit watch watch every yeah I, I, every eight thirty in the morning two Saturdays before. Yeah, yeah, that, that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I I mean like it's a completely it's a completely stupid um, format and. Uh, it you know it, it it now inflicts a kind of farcical two week cricket marathon on the cricket watching public, who probably are ready to move on to the the, the next thing. To be honest, and I, I I mean I think that's the the real issue with the format is that the early games in the tournament have got kind of no jeopardy, and then 
the games in the middle of the tournament have got way too much jeopardy. And then the games at the end of the tournament or the end of the group stage have got basically no jeopardy. So, you know, it's supposed to crescendo. That's how you'd ideally have it. Like it's supposed to be, you're supposed to have your do or die games near the end of the group stage. But even in the best case scenario, you'd probably only have one do or die game. Um, I think it is. I think there was the possibility that England played Pakistan. I think in the last round of fixtures, and there was the possibility. I think that that could have been her a deciding uh, match. Mm. As things have gone, it won't be. But otherwise, if you looked at actually who was playing who at the end, it was there. The, it's like Australia v Afghanistan. Probably not going to be much jeopardy there. India v Netherlands. Probably not going to be much jeopardy there. Uh, kind of a weird format for the for the for the group stage. Um, not helped, as you say, by two of the alleged bigger teams you know losing losing Stinking games the place to, out. To, to really bad sides or to well to sides better than them but um <laughs> but, but to, to sides that you wouldn't expect expected to have lost in the first place um last thing i wanted to touch on upon in this match max mm. uh i think was the the curious case of iftikhar um I bring he, the bowling. <laughs> well it's they kind of used him weirdly twice Yes, he batted. He batted five and not six, and that meant Sal Shaquille came in at six and not five. When like, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's kind of obvious that you use them the other way around. Uh, and then he opens the bowling, uh, starts. What was it with five wides? Five wides, first ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, is nowhere near taking wicket. No, I know what Pakistan are thinking. They're thinking Quinton de Kock's got maybe a weakness against offspin. Not against that though. I mean, like I can, <laughs> I can, I can roll my arm over. I can, I can, you know, flick it out. I'll spin invert in inverted commas. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get Quinton de Kock out. Bizarre, Max. I don't know if you've got any insight into the decision making process there. Uh, does anyone have any insight into the decision making process of process of, of the Pakistan cricket team? I, you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a lost cause. But I, I like that they tried something. But you do have to sometimes look at what you have at your disposal, and you've got perhaps oh God, throwing yeah. the dice, rolling the dice of uh, an, uh, a part-time off spinner against the World Cup's leading run scorer, or one of the best ball, one of the best white ball power play bowlers in the world. You've got those. Which one are you going to choose? Uh, I am going to go best white baller in the in the in West best white. West. Blimey, O'Reilly. Let's, I'm going to yeah. go with Shaheen Afridi, Max. Nice. Um, yeah. uh, and that is why you're not in charge of the Pakistan cricket team. Thinking thinking uh, too inside the box, Jack. It's too obvious. You need a bit more lateral thinking. Uh, well, yeah, you know, clearly. I, I mean, I've actually just brought up his stats here. See, I was thinking in the last match that he played, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he get out first ball to Reese Topley or second ball to Reese Topley? Who is... Yeah, second ball. It was, uh, he drove it for four, drove first ball for four and then uh, yeah. nicked off second ball. So I've just, I, I brought up... Or yeah, you know, metric- the tall left armour. <laughs> yeah, I've quick metric to his stats. Actually a very similar um, average. Against, against left arm fast. Against left arm fast as against yeah. top rate. There's four runs in it and a lower strike rate. Um, so... Mm, I'm not sure. Mm. Then, then the... account for the golfing class between Iftikhar and um, Shaheen Shah Afridi. Yeah, it does yeah. seem like an odd decision, doesn't it? But you know, I I do at least I I um I will reward them for a bit of you know a bit of lateral thinking, doing something a bit different. It's it's I like so I like the idea. Just yeah, maybe maybe don't go with the knuckle duster when you've got a bazooka. 
Yeah, I think um, I think we'll try and get our Pakistan voice on for a show next week to talk about this tournament and um, maybe commiserate with Ross. He's probably the biggest England fan. We'll get Ross in the mix um, to, yeah. to talk about that. Uh, it will be. It must be a pretty disappointing feeling, I think, though, if you're a if you're a Pakistan fan, which is probably the last thought on this game. A fair amount of hope going into the tournament. Obviously, Nassim gets injured on the eve of things and then um the wheels have sort of slightly come off haven't they uh three three losses on the bounce after a reasonable start record world cup chase mm-hmm. mm. 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 that's the the feeling or is it four losses on the bounce yeah it's a real mm. and they're on the well, way they, home. there will be a shake-up won't there because it's pakistan and we know what happens i mean we were talking yesterday about heads are going to roll for england i mean heads I think everyone's head's going to roll now. Pakistan love a shake-up, and uh, I look forward to seeing what the carnage is and the, the detritus from, from this particular attempt at the World Cup. Yeah, well, I think we saw we saw Act 1, didn't we? They fired their social media manager for making yeah. some sort of a post, yeah, which was really good. Uh, they, they released a statement, and the, the gist of it was, look, everybody get behind the coach and the captain and then like, the next paragraph is like, even though they've not been doing a very good job. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like the the famed uh, the famed chairman's support, the voice of confidence from the chairman. Yeah, but they didn't do it right. They're supposed no. to just say we have confidence in these two. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't stop there. They said the bit you're not supposed to say. And, yeah, uh, but everyone knows it, what it means. So I, I applaud them for for taking the bit between the lines and just putting it on the lines. That's good. Cool. Right. That's um, Pakistan v South Africa. Another one in the books. A really good game. Uh, should we take a break? Then we'll do a quick whiz through the weekend's fixtures before our next show, which will be Sunday evening. So actually, good good time to remind people. Like, subscribe, follow the Cricket Podcast, mm. whichever platform you're listening or watching on, uh, so that you catch our content. Because it's India v England on Sunday. Now, now regardless of how the, the big one, gone, regardless of how the tournament's gone, that's going to be a fun game. Like. Yeah. India will be really looking to make a statement there. And, um, yeah, it's England's last chance, really, to come out of this World Cup with anything resembling pride. So let's take a break and we'll come back and discuss that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Podcast, where we're going to be previewing the weekend's World Cup action. Let's start with Australia v New Zealand. Max, um, what, what are your thoughts here? It's the Antipodean Derby. Uh, it's, it's got a, it's got an actual name, hasn't it? I, I've called it what it isn't, Tasmanian Straits Cup or something stupid like that. 
Uh, I'm sure someone in the chat will let us know. There is a rivalry here, though, isn't there? And and again, you know, it, it might not have people's World Cup ambitions on the line anymore, but it's going to be a good match, surely. Yeah, I mean, it's still a big game between two of the, the top sides, and there's always bragging rights, aren't there, between Australia and New Zealand? So um, it'll be it'll be interesting. It's it's at uh, Darmstadt, so uh, again, watch out for watch out for some. Knee injuries, but I think that's um, that's quite interesting in in terms of the the bowling bowling lineups. Obviously, New Zealand have got Mitchell Santner, who's been well. I mean, he's been their standout performer and um, you know leading leading wicket taker um, in the, in the World Cup at various points. And whether he will be as effective at Dharamsala is going to be interesting to see. I mean, it's not like it's a graveyard for spin bowling, but obviously the the altitude making it easier to hit hit it for six being being one factor, and the you know there's the the bias towards pace bowling, which Australia is obviously their strength. So I, I do wonder whether the 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 ground will lend a slight advantage to Australia over New Zealand in this one, even though they obviously you know they've already got the um, the beating of New Zealand generally in in these games. So I wonder if that will just tip the balance enough towards them. Yeah, the trans-Tasman rivalry, we've been reliably informed by Jappy there, which is uh, a, a needed update. Uh, the the internet, Max, seems to think that Australia are the favourites for this. Um, mm. I I think I'm on their side. I think, I think Australia are heading in the right direction. Um, I think that I think that their bowling attack is is coming together. Uh, you mentioned Zampa there sitting joint top the wicket-taking leaderboard, he was probably the weaker link, I thought, earlier in the tournament. Not quite clicking. Uh, and I know that the strength of schedule has meant that he has been bowling against weaker players, but it looks like he's got a bit more rhythm. And and mm. I think more than any other bowling type, um, leg spin is the one where sort of rhythm matters because the margin for error is thinner. Yeah, um, I, I would say. Um, so he, he's looking pretty good. Where's your money? Where's your money? Your proverbial um, money? Yeah, I'm going to go Australia. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's all about trending. World Cups is all about peaking at the right time, so they say, isn't it? And it's difficult to peak at the right time when when there's such a long build-up to the knockout stages. So maybe Australia are peaking early. Maybe what you want to do is peak at the start, have a little rest in the middle, and then peak again at the end. Maybe that's... Maybe that's the the shape that New Zealand are going for. But I think, you know, Australia trending in the right direction, looking looking decent. And this will be, a, I think I said the other day, this is going to be a really interesting one to to look out for, given, you know, what Australia are, how they're looking at the moment, and New Zealand how they've sort of, they've been solid, but their you know their wins have come come the win against England is looking less and less impressive by the week. So. Mm. You yeah. wonder what you know what quality of opposition they have been beating. They obviously <laughs> lost to India. They gave them a reasonably good game and ran them as close as anyone has so far. But it's going to be their, you know, another test for them that you think they might reasonably win. So this is why, yeah, this is why I think it's going to be an interesting game. But I'm going to I lean Australia. Yeah, um, it's interesting this, the the kind of peaking at the right time theory isn't it and I, i've seen i saw a few people earlier in the tournament saying that there's sort of no such thing like you know how can you be peaking at the right time you're either kind of good or you're not like that's not that's not a thing they were saying but i 
I think for this World Cup specifically, do actually think that there is something to it. Now, it, it helps. I think India are maybe a bit of a, an exclusion to this theory because I think they have got a settled side and mm. they've got an idea about what they want to do and they played a lot of ODI cricket. But I think other teams are trying to figure it out as they as they go. And so it might not be it might not quite be the same as peaking, but if you are progressing and you're getting mm. better game by game, then I, I, I think that is good. And I think we have seen that from Australia. I'm not as sure we've seen that from New Zealand. I think they started at a good level and probably sort of you know, maybe maintain that. Um, and I think of the, the other top four candidates, South Africa have probably started really high and have dropped off maybe slightly. Like it's, uh, it's they, they've been a, a little bit more inconsistent, shall we say. Um, but Australia, I think definitely, definitely going in the right direction. Uh, the later game tomorrow is Netherlands v Bangladesh. Um, do you have strong thoughts on that? This, is, this might decide who finishes bottom of the table. If England could do a job against the <laughs> it could it could well do. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to go heart and say Netherlands. I mean, head says Bangladesh, but I mean, Bangladesh haven't been great, have they? They've they've not been they've not been good at all. The Netherlands have been impressive for what they've got. Obviously, they got a, a real shellacking at the hands of Australia, but yeah, you know, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, they got to dust themselves down, and um, I think it should be a. It's going to be a nice tight game of teams that like to score about 250, won't it? That's that's what we've got on our hands. So it could be close. Yeah, I um, I think I think that could could well be it. It might be quite a close match. Um, I, I I agree. I don't think. I mean, the Netherlands they were a little bit they were a little bit I don't know off against uh, Australia. I think I think they they thought they I think that they'd done quite a good job, and then Maxwell just destroyed them. Yeah, they just and started dragging that, it back, didn't they, after getting warm? Yeah. It took a few wickets, and you're like, okay, hang on a minute, this might not be... Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think from the Netherlands' point of view, I don't think at any point in their bowling innings, apart from maybe when they got Mitch Marsh quite early, that they genuinely had an expectation that they were going to win the match. Mm. But they probably did have an expectation that they could lose by less than 100 runs, which would be a yeah. pretty good performance. And I think one of the things... Probably, if you if you if they were really honest, one of the things they wanted to do in the World Cup was not be on the end of an absolute hiding, and then yeah. Maxwell did that. And I think, you know, some of these guys are, are professional cricketers, really in name only. Um, you know, it's 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 quite a tenuous existence. Some of them actually, I don't think even are professional cricketers. And I think for those guys, that's where your head can drop. Um, I think if you if you if you play day in day out and you're on the franchise circuit, you occasionally you're just going to get Maxwelled. Like every, almost everyone else in the in the World Cup has at it's some point Maxwelled. has been Maxwelled, and you just say okay, fine. But then you go out and you do your job, and you probably you know lose by a hundred, lose by hundred fifty, and you you move on to the next game. For for the Netherlands, I think they were just shell shocked by by what had happened, and then next thing you know. Um, Mitchell Starks coming into bowl, and it's one of your batters had run themselves out for no reason, and uh, you know <laughs> things subsided. Things subsided quite quickly. Uh, hope I'm hoping from from their point of view that they can process that. It will take them longer than some of the other players in the tournament, I think, because of you know every, everything I talked Experience. about. Yeah, yeah, but can they do it? Bangladesh. I think there's a, a, a decent chance. I mean, I, I think Bangladesh have been poor. Um, they they were in a real game against Sri Lanka, uh, and, and I I would say 
they probably have similar odds as against Sri Lanka, and they ended up losing that that Sri Lanka match, but they were probably one wicket away with half of their overs bowled from it be from that well from them being at least fifty fifty to win that match, and they'll just need to get that breakthrough. Um, you know, it's it's not like this Bangladesh team are going to take the game away from you. Mm. So if you are able to chip away with wickets, you 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 can restrict them with your batting first or 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 bowling first. So I don't know. Like they're they're an interesting team to watch in the Netherlands. They're clever and they they do things that other teams don't expect. I think of the teams in the tournament, Bangladesh are one of the one of the teams that could fall for the trap again. Some of the other teams have probably looked at them now and and seen what they do. Oh, they're going to open with spin. They're going to, mm. you know. Basta leader is going to bowl near the end. Like they've got, they've got kind of a little bit of a rhythm. Will Bangladesh have picked up on that? Mm, who knows? I think the jury's out on that. I, I think Bangladesh will win, though. To answer your question, uh, yeah. and then the last one, Max, uh, it is India v England. Um, India will be playing to pick up their sixth win of the tournament uh, and to retake top spot because South Africa have edged edged back ahead on net run rate. Um, Obviously, there is something in winning because you get to play the fourth-ranked side yeah. in the in the group stage. But India and South Africa play later, so that's probably where that will be decided. Um, England, as I said, really, this is their... They've got this game and the Australia game, and if they win both of those, they can probably walk away from the World Cup and at least have a couple of positive they memories. Win both those, but... They might qualify. Well, I think I think we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit there. Um, if they win both of those and Australia lose to New Zealand and to Afghanistan, then they might qualify. But I, I think that's, mm. um, I think that is unlikely. It is a big game, though. Um, it's it's it it doesn't carry the weight of of qualification. It doesn't so carry the weight it should, but yeah, it's diminished somewhat. But it is it is one of the showpiece matches in the tournament. Are you looking forward to it? And is there any hope for England fans? Uh, I'm absolutely not looking forward to it. <laughs> and there is no <laughs> hope for England fans. <laughs> it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, I, I genuinely am looking at it. And I can't just the way everything is going. I cannot possibly see a route to, to victory for, for England. But, you know, it's still the side, most of the side who won the World Cup. It's a bunch of guys who've played a lot of cricket in India you know, in the past, in the IPL, or just in, in tours. And generally, when England have been to India on tours, they have won games. Like I think the last sort of five or six series, like sort of white ball series, where England have been in India, they've lost they've lost them, but they've lost them 2-1. You know, they've they've been they've won games. They know they can do it. And India you know, maybe they're maybe they're getting complacent now. It's two games in a row where Virat Kohli's been more interested in scoring a hundred than chasing the chasing the runs down. England, uh, you know, their pride is battered. They they're going to be getting it from all all corners out in India, out from back home. They're going to be subjected to all sorts of um, you know complaints and and all that stuff. And maybe maybe that's the moment where, as professional sportsmen. A bit of pride will just resurface, and they'll they'll come out and 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 show everyone what they can do. But realistically, I, I, they, the bowling's not good enough to 
yeah. to worry India. That's 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 my my concern with with England. They might put some runs on. They might put a decent score up. They might score 300, 320. But I think India would chase that down pretty comfortably if they had to because the I I don't see where the wickets are the wickets are coming from in in all honesty from what I've seen so far. But it'll yeah, one last shot for England to salvage some pride. That I think is the the problem from an England point of view. Um the only bowler who's been bowling well in the tournament that's still with the squad is Adil Rashid. Mm. And India have got a pretty good history against Adil Rashid. Like he's not a bowler that has massively troubled them uh, over the years. Um, a notable highlight when he bowled Kohli aside and Kohli did a really good face. Yes. Um, but that that is the kind of wicket threat. Um, they it's not really even clear, you know, as we talk, who'll be opening the bowling. Um, it might be Chris Wokes and the Curran. It might be Bryden Cast coming back, coming in. Maybe they'll go with Atkinson. Maybe it'll be Wood. Maybe they'll open with spin. Like there's a huge, <laughs> yeah. huge issue there. Uh, Rohit, Rohit Sharma has been looking hungry in this tournament and I'm sure he'll be prepared to feast. Shubman Gill let, yet to get like a statement score in the World Cup. So I'm sure he'll be... Chomping you know, at the bit, yeah. Penciled this one in for for a few weeks to, to 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 get his World Cup centuries count off the mark, and then uh, in the middle order, I mean, Virat Kohli's been basically unstoppable. I think if you're an England fan, the only the only chink of light I can see is that Hardik Pandya is out with ligament damage, which yeah. maybe caps the amount lengthens of the tail. Yeah, he lengthens the tail slightly. Um, it means that, I mean, the game's at luck now, isn't it? it? That makes it harder for them to go with Ashwin, I think, um, because they probably want an extra seam option. Uh, obviously, with Hardik in the side, you could play all the spinners, and if it turned out to be a seaming pitch, then you had Hardik's overs, and you know you, you only bowl five of Jadeja and five of Ashwin, you've got ten of Hardik. But that they can't do that, so yeah. um, they, they probably won't get tortured by Ashwin. Uh, and they might have some overs of Shard or Takua, but probably Mohamed Jami, like to, to to negotiate instead. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't hold out a lot of hope for England in this one. Um, besides, yeah, and, and these things can happen. These things can happen, but I, I think it would take a pretty extraordinary individual performance or two individual performances to yeah. pull it off. So, so maybe Adil Rashid has his best day against India and takes forfer and joe root gets 130 and someone gets some runs with joe root in the in the middle and and they win that way but it's i think they're they're, they're slightly tenuous like india they've they're just, just got so many bases covered and i expect them to win this match to be honest max i think yes. that's it A- anything else um well just the usual reminders follow Follow us at the Cricket Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We've got Patreon where you can come and support us, patreon.com forward slash the Cricket Pod. And um, as always, thank you for listening and you know tuning in and, and supporting us throughout the World Cup. It's been a it's been a record record month, hasn't it, for uh, for listeners. Yep. So thanks all for coming along and enjoying the fun. It's been um it's been great having you. It's 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 great doing it, and hopefully we can find something interesting to talk about for the next two weeks. I think there'll be some good games. I think there will be some 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 good cricket matches, and there'll be a bit of jostling at the top of the table as well, which um, yep. will have implications. Uh, as you said, we, we've actually had twenty five percent more listeners this month than any month ever in cricket podcast history. We've still got four days to go, so 
Nice. Keep sharing it. Keep telling your friends. Keep liking and subscribing if you're new. Uh, and also, if you go back or if you want more content from us, I think this is our third show in three days. So if you want reaction to England losing to Sat to Sri Lanka, you've got that from yesterday's show. And if you want a recap of what happened earlier in the week, um, that is on Wednesday show. We'll be back on mm. Sunday. So see you then and goodbye. Cheerio. Sports Social Podcast Network.